0: show just prepped ready to go probably about 45 minutes of content and then, then Lou Lamorello decides that he's going to trade for he's going to acquire another aging forward the center at the center position so uh that ends all of the Horvat to Detroit rumors Uh whether I don't know I don't know where you guys stand on the fence of that so maybe this is good news bad news I don't know how you guys feel
1: depends if you want to keep Dylan Larkin or not I guess
0: Really? Okay. So you're that way. I mean, we'll have it. We'll have a longer conversation about it. But like, I just find it funny that like we were about to, we're literally about an hour away from recording, and then they drop it us. I'm glad like we didn't start and it happened during, because that would age like milk. That would have really yeah. sucked. But like, what? Like the first thing I thought of with this is, uh, so Bo, Hor- Bo gonna be a New York Islander at the All Star game. Oh, okay. yeah, That's really weird. <laughs> I mean, granted, he got voted in, so it wasn't he's not the Canucks representative, but he was still so is he gonna play for the Pacific or is he gonna play for the Metro? Frig yeah,
1: that's tough. Maybe he just take some bonus if he gets a bonus. Like just sits out and takes some bonus.
0: Because the Pacific now it's would be like- losing or would be down one guy. Um uh, it's so weird. Did you guys see the stuff with the Map Veneers now and then being replaced by Chandler Stevenson and Seattle doesn't have a representative?
2: I didn't know Seattle didn't have one I thought they had already had one. No, but so Veneer's
0: Veneer's is hurt and then Chandler Stevenson replaced him.
2: I mean regardless, I don't think all teams should, but um I don't know, that's really weird.
0: Like how little like that's I think it's the, the best way to encapsulate how much nobody cares about the NHL All-Star game. Cuz Seattle yeah. players were probably all like booked their flights and were like oh, we're not going. They couldn't I, I'm guessing they couldn't find a replacement. And I think Vegas is one team that still had games, so they didn't get to leave, which is another thing I'm like, okay, I'm on my soapbox right now, but how dumb is it? Like the Red Wings and like the Oilers, I think, have guys who are like already on vacation, but then other teams are playing.
1: Yeah. Like, do those teams get a break after? Like, do they get a continued break? I think so. I think so.
0: I know the Red Wings play the Oilers right out of the break. That's their first game.
1: Next Tuesday, right? Yes. Yeah. Still, it's
0: just so strange to me. Like, why why isn't this all like one cohesive week? I guess so the NHL can keep their like TV going and whatnot. I don't know. It seems dumb to me personally.
1: Probably for TNT and stuff like that for the Wednesday night hockey games.
0: Probably. I don't know. Strange. But I did find it funny that like Seattle's like, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm <laughs> good. Like Daniel Sprong or something like that. I and mean, not the Daniel it probably would have been Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn's actually had a sick year. Even though I just trade I traded. That him would have been wild
2: if a fourth liner and Daniel Sprong would have made it to the all star game.
0: It would have been fun, dude. I'm saying accuracy shot. He can score. I think he would lead the Red Wings in goals, so <laughs> we shouldn't say too much.
2: All I'm saying is placed fourth line minutes. It's true.
0: Uh welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. Um I'm your host, Garth Wickham.
2: Grant Wickham.
1: And Andy. Andy, how you feeling? A little rusty? Yeah, hey, a little rusty. Tired. Just woke up from a nap.
0: Tough life you live. Tough life you live. Um, On this episode, we'll talk about, kind of recap quickly, some of the games. Again, we were off last week, scheduling issues and all. Um, We'll kind of preview the trade deadline for the Red Wings, who could be on the outs. Um, Guys like Tyler Bertuzzi, be a hot name going on right now. Um, And Dylan Larkin contract talks, another big thing going on with Red Wings fans. And maybe some other news around the league, uh, especially that Bohorvet trade that just popped off. Uh, start kind of starting where we left off of the last episode. Uh, we kind of were talking like a little pre-show. I kind of feel as if these games are kind of a, a little, little kind of similar in the sense of the Red Wings are kind of beating teams. I mean, besides Vegas beating teams that are, they're directly ahead of in Montreal and San Jose, but then they're losing to teams like Philly and the Islanders who they are a little bit below. And what do you kind of like grant you? I know you kind of kicked back on that. I I don't, they're not below Philly, and they're
2: hardly below the Islanders, if at all.
0: I know, I mean, I know. I, I'm talking strictly like points, like points right now. points percentage, the ratings are ahead of both those teams. Actually, the they're Islanders, not, they're but, not no, ahead not, of the Islanders. But, not the Islanders, but Florida, I mean, or, yeah, Florida and Philly.
2: It's hard to say that, because this was just a four-game stretch. Like, literally a week ago, they just lost to the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, So, I, I really think they've struggled against some bad teams this year. So, I mean, like, they had lost to Columbus not long ago, too. That was my big one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not as easy as just their beating teams they're better than and losing
0: teams they're not better than. Maybe I should have phrased it a little differently. Um, They're similar in the sense of how the outcomes have gone. Because defensively, the Red Wings have – that's not really their issue right now. Offensively, they're an absolute nightmare. They cannot score to save their lives. I mean, just reading off, the uh, Wings score three against Vegas, three against San Jose, four against Montreal, one against Philly, zero against the Islanders in the last five. That's like I, Again, four against Montreal is not much to say as considering they're missing Cole Caulfield, um, Brendan Gallagher. I feel like I'm missing another person. Jake Allen left with an injury. I think he, like he's done now for a while again. Like no, the no, corpse no, of Jake M. Like huh? Armia. Oh, yeah. Swarovski. Oh, forgot about him. Yeah. Uh Carey Price. Jake uh, Evans. Yeah, Jake uh, Evans. K- Carey
1: Price. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one right there. He's still on the roster. Shea Weber. Right.
0: Well, he's, yeah, in, yeah. he's technically Vegas Golden Knight now. Vegas, but...
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, what a league. Good cap system we have. <laughs> Joke. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. It's just it, the way the Red Wings are playing right now and they're primarily being carried by guys who are having how do i phrase this like guys like not surprising yeah kind of surprising seasons like their their young players are carrying them there long way for me to say that um Lucas Raymond has been very good of late looking like he like he did last year um Jake Wallman, again i guess not a young guy 26 right now but still doing still doing quite well this is the best most sider's probably been the best player Across this three-week span, I don't know. Am I overstepping there? Yeah, Do you, I don't think like, he's
2: been the best player. No, he's been a lot better than he started the season, but I wouldn't say he's been the best player.
0: Who'd you say? Who'd you say the best player's been then?
2: I don't really have a name just off the top of my head. I would say that Cider's taken a couple games off in this span, but it's been a lot better than it was at this at the start of the season.
0: Okay, I don't um, really think, I think
2: anyone's been that consistent through the span. Maybe yeah,
1: Michael Rassi's in is
0: that tickle say. your
1: fancy?
2: He's
0: been good.
1: Compared to yeah. last year's standards, put it that way, yeah. He's been our best player. Well, I mean, not fully last <laughs> year's standards. I mean,
0: since since the start of 2022, he's been been pretty consistent. And this year, he's been, I think, 2023. Every year, his New Year's resolution keeps kicking up a notch. What
1: oh, was his this one
0: this year? I, oh, just, say, he, was, I'm, just, uh, I'm just saying, maybe he doubled down. He got, he got, bit, got he got you. even better. Uh, gotcha. No, I've really loved his game. I mean, he had two strung two back to back games where he was pretty dominant in terms of the analytic and the eye test. I felt like he's really helped Andrew Cops game too. And I did love the comment from Derek Lalonde that centers are now going up to him and asking for Michael Rasmussen to be on on their wing, which I think is pretty indicative of his of his game right now. I wouldn't be surprised right now if that's like Dylan Larkin like banging on the door, be like, "Listen, like I need help."
1: Other than that, I was sure. gonna, I was gonna suggest that today. So I would like to see him get a small span there. That. Well, he did. He
0: did for like part of a. He was during the San Jose game. He was there for like the first period and a half, but then the second line was getting caved in, and then they flopped it, and then they went back to Cop, um, Rasmussen and Perron, which has been working very well. Like it's been probably Detroit's most dangerous line, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And other than that, it's been kind of a hit or miss of what actually works. But, yeah, I've really loved Rasmussen's game, and he's starting to get some much-needed attention. And I was looking at uh, Dom LeCision's uh, charts today of like what the contract value is. And you look at it like you'd be pretty depressed like with the rest of the Red Wings, where a lot of negative value and stuff like that. But uh, Rasmussen right now bringing, I think it was almost $4 million in surplus value right now. Which is pretty pretty neat. He was like valued at almost nearly a five million dollar player.
1: I'm gonna say terms... is that like right around five, five and a half.
0: Yeah, but I think it was like something like five. Jake Wallman right now is I mean, he's absurd. He's like near an eight million dollar player, according to the the chart, which is pretty nuts. Pretty fun to I mean, see.
1: Yeah, he's flourishing, I guess, a bit. Just a bit. Yeah, I guess. He is. <laughs> <laughs> For a throwing um, in the trade. That's definitely wild.
0: Yeah, I mean we did get uh some fun content with the dad strip though. The dad strip. K K, K- Sider might be my favorite human. I didn't see of- any of it. You didn't see any of it? No. Oh my god, him taunting the Montreal fans was hilarious. Oh boy. When they, doing the doing the ears, right? Because their box is right above the fans. It was so funny. And then the dad said like these little chants going on, like the European chants in the in like the saw- in the box. Oh they're they're slosh too like uh, Dylan Larkin's dad just absolutely pounded in the Coors Lights. Love to see it. No free ads. Excuse me. Unnamed unnamed <laughs> uh, domestic light beer in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was uh, it was pretty fun to see. I mean, they got a pretty entertaining game in Montreal, that's for sure. I mean, again, like, kind of going back to Rasmussen, I thought Grant was going to choke him on the play where he almost blew it in OT. Yeah,
2: yeah. that was... He had a really good game, but that was a miserable shot into the shins.
0: and <clears throat> One of my pet peeves. But he made uh, came back and made a beautiful play to end the game. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that play by Sider, too. Just uh, the patience to wait for Rasmussen to get the line and hold out his stick so there's, it wasn't off. And then Rasmussen drawing all the attention and Fabry has an easy tap in, which happy to see Fab's score again, which is Fabs cool. Fab's need needed that. Yeah, he's been a little cold yeah. recently. A little cold. I know he's been kind of up and down the lineup too. They've been asking him to do a couple different things with a bunch of different guys as the bottom six keeps being shuffled. Um but no, uh uh cider, I think it was a three assist game this game, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. not too bad. I think that ties Lidstrom for that uh three assist or multi is, what was it? Three point nights for defenseman. I think it was something like that. It was like 12. I think it was his 12th in his career already before the age of it 21. Was... Or 20, twenty-two. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, no, and then they go in the go to New York, and I love how why do the Red Wings get stuck with the ESPN game? Like every time the Red Wings are on an ESPN game, it's always bad. Or a national broadcast, I should even say. Yeah. Like John bougiegrass was openly like making fun of the game on air. Saying how this is boring, and he was like, "I think he was tweeting about the Buffalo game during the game."
2: It was a boring game, though. I mean, oh, I, I'm not, was... I'm
0: not, I'm not judging him anything. Like that was an awful. Like I, have, the only notes I have from that game is Magnus Halberg was pretty good. That's that's, that's all hilarious. I can pull from it. <laughs> no, the Red Red good Wings, for Gucci. Good yeah, for like Gucci. he was, he was literally be... like, he's like, oh, I think the Red Wings got a power play or something. He was like talking about how dull it was.
1: I'd be doing the same exact thing.
0: Yeah. It was terrible. It was quite literally one of the most boring games. And then they had a couple like exciting games going on in the league and I'm like I they definitely like didn't plan this out ahead. Two teams well, that mean, are, are allergic first, to allergic to scoring. Yeah, and you don't plan a back-to-back
2: for a team that can't score as it is and yeah. a team that's traveling to a place where they're just going to be shut down offensively.
0: Yeah. Both teams did what they wanted. Like in terms of like a road game for this current iteration, of the Red Wings. I I honestly kind of called it a success. They just couldn't score. I honestly didn't... didn't
2: think it was that bad. I just thought I didn't. It was, really it was just boring. boring. It was just boring. boring.
0: Yeah. No, they like <laughs> both teams did what they wanted to do. I mean, the one was it um, a Lee's goal? Basically, he was on his stomach. Like that's a fluke play. That's a, it's not a skilled like goal scorer's goal. I don't even remember who scored the the second one. There wasn't a lot of like high-danger chances Brock either Brock
2: Nelson, I think.
0: He's been pretty good. I like Brock Nelson, personally. Yeah. Yeah, he's, a good, he's a good player. My,
2: my only argument with that game was the power play was horrible.
0: You have to find yeah. ways to score. I, I think it was like five power plays. Four or five, yeah. Granted, the Islanders have, I think, the league's best penalty kill. I don't care. I know. It's still garbage. I mean, even if you get five chances, you need to score one. It was, it was four, actually, but... So my point exactly. So one's even yeah that means even more. You should you should score on one out of four. Yeah, that's indicative of a good power play. And they didn't. They did not. Like chronic was indicative of
1: average average power play. Not even.
0: (laughs) No, twenty five percent is a good power play. Twenty five
2: percent is a pretty good power play.
0: The Red Wings right now are hovering around twenty, which when we were growing up was pretty solid. Like that was an average power play. Now it's year 20th 25th in the league.
2: I think they're 20th right now, right? I uh, yeah, with like, like with like 20% or 19. Yeah.
0: They kind of seem to be 20th in about just about every category in the league, which is <laughs> concerning. It's concerning. Um it's weird this year's so weird. I mean we can kind of just get run right into how the rest of the season, how we kind of feel it's going to shake out in terms of trade deadline and like outlook team building, all of that fun stuff. And again, in a vacuum, I think the Red Wings are still like on pace for roughly like 84, 85 points. And I think going in, we would have taken that this year, but like, you yeah. look at like how they've played in certain, like certain points. You're like, this is, this is definitely repeatable. This could happen and probably push for a lot closer to a playoff spot. And with the additions you make in cop, Peron. Um, so, Kubelik you're hoping that provides a lot more but then you also have to factor in Tyler Bertuzzi's year Jacob Verana's year there's a lot of goals go- coming out of there as well so while you added a bunch of offense you also lost a bu- probably just an equal amount of offense in terms of goals for a team that was yeah. already starved to score it's pretty it's interesting not-
1: it's just the highs and lows. The highs and lows are mid-team, as Grant said earlier. As the kids would say. As the kids would say. <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, I think we can go into some of the guys who... like, What the what do you guys think the Red Wings should do? Like, If you're Steve Eisenman, what approach are you taking to the T-building? I'm giving you the keys. I'm Chris Illich. Uh,
2: I'm going to build... A area between for between like Little Caesars Arena and like Comerica for like
0: no 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 I, no you, sorry I'm Chris Illich I'm not doing that you're Steve uh, Eiserman uh, you're Steve Eisman. we're not doing that my wall not that big
2: even though I said um, it was I'm staying pretty much pat I think I think you look to possibly move guys who are on like short-term deals or like expiring but i don't think you're going like too crazy right it's not like sell the ship and you're not buying the ship because you don't want to give up too many assets um yeah so there's like a lot of very interesting guys that you could look to move um that might have really high value right now I think Bertuzzi's one that might not have the best value right now, but ultimately with contract negotiations, that could be one that if things get tough, he might have to be moved. Um, then you're looking at like Olimata as a rental. Osterly, if someone wants to really make a rental there. Yeah. Um, uh, the other two, D, I won't even say. Um, <laughs> like, Sunquist would probably get some buyers. You'd probably have to retain, though. Um, Suter, also, you'd have to retain. Like, these are all guys that I think would have interest, whether or not you want to sell them or not, or if you'd get enough back. Ernie, have to retain as well. I'm sure a guy, like, interestingly... Enough, though, depending on what your aspirations are for next year. Two guys that I find really intriguing are David Perron and Dominic Kubelik. I think yep. more so Kubelik than Perron because Kubelik's numbers are so inflated this year. And if you feel that like a guy like Elmer Soderbaum can just fill his role next year or someone else can just take his spot and have a similar impact or... A different type of good impact um that might be one for you to hop on pretty quickly because I think you'd be able to get a decent package back for a guy like him
1: yeah Andy it's kind of the perfect some assumption of what, or two enough roundup of what grant said I guess I don't know like I wouldn't go in as a super like eager to sell or buy obviously, but uh, like the right deal comes across your table where you get good assets in return. And it's a player like, you know, Kubelik that you think could be filled easily next year or within a couple different players trying to fill in that spot next year. They could kind of have to go for it. Why not? Get what you can. Um, Perron's interesting. Cause like, I'd like to see him stay, but I don't know how many years he is one more year after this year, though. Yeah. Yep. So you'd have to, I'm assuming if he's going to a contender that's going to go in, you'd have to retain at least 50 and a three way trade, possibly. So that's what two and a half ish, two, 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 two,
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
2: It'd be uh, like 2.375 or 2.35.
0: Yeah, something like that.
2: I don't, I don't know. I don't think it would. Uh, Yeah, I guess. That's kind of a different one though because if you consider him like leadership right now, I don't think he gets sold. I think that would be probably a (laughs) no-go. And
1: then you have other players like Verona. He's just sitting down in the AHL, so who knows what's going to come up with that. Yeah, that one's a really
2: interesting one right now. I kind of forgot to mention
1: that. He could be a part of the answer to why we're not scoring either like he could be helping us up here but he's just in Grand Rapids so I don't know it's
0: tough not to read into that
1: yeah like he's like we said before we got on air here um, he's starting to find his game in Grand Rapids he's been scoring a lot like well decent amount lately and he's just still down there so I who knows
0: yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of viewing it a little bit differently personally. Um, I think they need to be aggressive one way or the other. Not like go balls to the wall, like buying like expiring deals, but looking for creative trades and players that can help you for the now and the future. Um, uh, and if and if you kind of, it depends, because if you're kind of just standing pat, like we're kind of assuming Dylan Larkin staying, right? I mean, the report from Anzer Khan is they agreed on term at eight years, but they're kind of juggling somewhere between eight and nine million. Larkin obviously wanted to be in closer to nine. Steve Eisman closer to eight. Obviously, probably seems like gonna be somewhere like 8.5 range. Which, yeah. fair, fair value. But if you're kind of just standing pat at the deadline of just kind of playing standard quo, like, ooh, Ali Mata might get traded for a second round pick. You're not really moving the needle at all. You're like, I don't know what we're building towards. So it kind of just, like, comes to my question, like, what should they do? I'm looking at guys like, Bert- I mean, Bertuzzi, like Grant said, it's a very interesting one. Like, what's his value at this point? Well,
2: I mean, standing, Pat, while, like, feeling out offers, obviously. But you're yeah. not going to just go rush something to rush something.
0: No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that either. I'm saying, like, you try to, like, gauge the market and look at players who, who could be in situations where, they have a lot more talent than like a guy like Marty Natchez last year, who's in a situation who wasn't really and then now look at him. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so Lark, I think Larkin's just an interesting one because again we've we've talked about it a lot with like where this core is. Because my only untouchables currently on the team are Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider, and then prospects being um Casper and Edmondson. My only untouchables. Everything everything else can be taken. Depending on the de- uh, depending on the price, my opinion.
1: Jake, Wallman. I'll pay, I'll, pay, I'll pay someone to. Uh... I'll, pay, I'll pay someone to take out of Ernie.
2: Norse Canada, Jake
0: Wallman. Kind of, like honestly though, like not uh, unironically, he's been great. Uh, I I would want to keep him. It would take a lot for me to like if you sell high on him, I'd I'd get it. Like if it's if you're bringing back a huge return,
2: he should be the highest paid player next year in
0: the league. According to Donald decisions model, he's not far off. Not far off. Nearly eight million dollars he's worth. So better than McKinnon.
1: It's
0: better than McKinnon. Um, that's kind of where, I, like, I think like is such an interesting one, like you were saying, because one, he's obviously an expiring deal. They've he's open to resigning, according to Dave Pagnotta, which he's also reporting that Larkin's super upset with the Red Wings and. So I don't know. I I take that guy with a grain of salt. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's ever broken any. Like I think I've said in the podcast before, I don't think he's broken every, Anything in his life. I can't tell you one Dave Pagnata tweet that broke news and I was like, oh, that happened.
1: You don't think he's ever broken a dish before?
0: Oh, uh, oh, that's true. He probably has. Yeah. He's probably dropped a glass or something in the kitchen. Yeah, I've even broken a glass before. Yeah, it's true.
1: I've done that. Yeah. yeah, but in terms of trades, I purposely, yeah. purposely have. Oh, the other day. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay.
1: You want to talk about Angel. it? No, anger <laughs> management.
0: <laughs> okay. You and Dave go to the same class or what?
1: Uh, we uh, we frequent.
0: Nice, friend <laughs> of the friend of the show, Dave Pegnata. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah. So he says Larkin's upset with the contract offer. Yada yada. I don't really believe it. I actually I believe Andre Khan over him right now. To be honest, I feel like he's more in touch of what's going on. Anywho with Bertuzzi. This guy's got guy got one goal and five points in I think 15 or 16 games this year. Was last yeah. year an ad- <laughs> was last year just an admiration, like 30 30 30 plus 30?
1: Uh um, I know it's
0: it's super tough to judge him on his hand injuries and like he hasn't really gotten any rhythm, but in terms of his puck yeah, management, that's... his brain, like you look at it, like his puck decisions are terrible this year. Nothing to do with his skill.
1: No, it's I don't think like th- I think thirty and thirty might be like a stretch. I don't Ob- obviously
2: here. 30, 30 is a stretch. I just don't well, think not, it's not obvious. Fair so, to like he did I, it last year. I don't know. <laughs> Demona like empty netters. She squeezed away, and I don't know. I they think I think yeah. I think it's a stretch though. Um, I think he's a good player.
0: I oh yeah, hundred percent. He's he. I still think he's a like a second line winger. But yeah, he's a, he's a the top issue, six player. The issue I is, he, he, I think he's going to be want to paid more than that, and he's going to want term for a well, guy who's never he, he's, he's never he's never healthy. He's going to know that
2: he's not able to. Like he's obviously played seventeen games this year, and he's been banged up for every single one of them. It's hard to really yeah. get a read on his game this season because you haven't been able to.
1: No, seventeen I, games. Games have been stretched out very. Yes. Apart. And he's been and, playing
2: everyone off of an injury. Like every stretch of games played. that he's played, it's been like five games here, five games there after an injury. And, um, yeah. Do I think he's a 30 goal scorer every year? No. Do I think he's at least a 20 to 25
0: goal scorer a year? Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that too. But it's just the question of what's that worth on this team? Because he'll view himself as one of the best players in the team, which is true. He's one of the best players on this team easily right now.
2: Yeah. But,
0: but, like, how much do you give him in terms of that, like, his value, perceived value onto this? I, team?
2: I would like you to bring that question back up in a month. Okay. When he's been playing for a while. That's if... Knock on wood. Knock
1: on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. Do it. Oh. Yeah. Hear no, I, I heard it. Thank you. That's kind of where I was thinking, though. Like, <laughs> it's hard to tell because obviously he's his past seasons were, I mean, even so like, was it two years ago when he had his back injury, he had seven goals and ours 10, I mean, 10. He games played like nine,
0: game, nine games. He had five goals and like two assists, I think, or something like that. Yeah. During, yeah, the, during the shortened season. Mm-hmm. Then
1: he was out for the rest of the year. Then last year he popped off. And then this year he game, game one or two, he was been gone. So like he, he's proven he can do it. It's just, he can't stay healthy. So, um one guy at work. His favorite line is: "The best ability is availability." Yeah, it's, it's true. That's very valid.
0: It's true. I mean, I, I think it makes it so impressive of like Cider and Raymond starts to their careers. They've missed a single game.
1: Knock on wood. Knock on yeah.
0: <laughs> Knock on wood as well. But I mean, you could argue about like, oh, they're down a little bit this year, yada yada. But I mean, they're they're there and they're developing. So it's it's important, but not not to say like Bertuzzi is like developing still. But it's a guy who he's not in the lineup and he's not bringing any value to your team when he's in the he's on the IR sheet. Yeah. So and again, he has. I think he still has plenty of perceived value. Again, I think I see it every single year for the past three years that the Maple Leafs are kicking tires on Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and again, like I think it's tough right now because I mean. If you feel you can't come to terms with the contract, you need to you need to sell.
1: Yeah. So like right now, today, he's in front of you, you're Stevie Y. Where are you signing him to?
0: I'm not signing him for anything more than I don't like four years. Four years.
1: By yeah. Dollar being,
0: value. Dollar value, oh, yeah. I'd go four or five years and I'd go like no more than like six
2: a year. See, that's even a bit much for me right now. Yeah, four I'd years? Probably, you you think even less? Four by six is a bit much. I think he hasn't proved that he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's. All, I, th- I, I, I think I think if he was healthy, that'd be an awesome deal. But I mean, I. see I think I him, think if, if you're giving common... him, if you're giving him six mil, I'm not giving him more than two years.
0: Yeah,
1: I give him a, yeah
2: a four by four. four I'd by, say four and, half, four and a half,
1: maybe five, maybe five, just because he decided to stay. But, I don't know.
0: I don't
2: know. If don't he wants remember, term, that's that's what I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, cool. yeah I, I just uh, I think it makes me even more likely that he's going to move then. Because I feel like that's going to be the number. Like, the number I suggest is going to be the number closer to the range he's asking. It's totally possible. Yeah. I, like, yeah, again, I... coming off last year, I feel like if they were to talk to an extension then, his number would have been closer to like 7 mil, I think. 30, 30 yeah. plus 30 guy, that's nearly a point per game guy because he was like, it was 62 points, I think, in 68 games. On a team that was garbage. So, definitely, it's an interesting thing. But again, you go into who would be interested, what is he worth right now? Because again, Toronto, like, there's not many pieces in Toronto that, like, I'm using Toronto as an example. Like, besides, like, Matthew Nyes, I'm not really too interested in anyone else, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're they're giving up Matthew Nyes for Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah.
2: Give me Austin Matthews.
0: Yeah, the, I mean sure. I'll take Mitch Barner. <laughs> They'll let the ad. They'll let the yeah. ad. For sure. Uh I'm not taking the old man bunting, but yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. Um no, but the the Reddings have a couple guy like again, like another guy like Horonic, who I've been talking about a little bit recently in the past couple of days. Has he had a breakout season? Yes. Is it repeatable? I think that's the question I phrased to you both. Is it repeatable? And do you think this is the Philip ronick we're going to get for the rest or is this kind of just a peak and he's going to slide back to where he was? I think he's already kind of slid back. Or is that a Ben Sherrod effect?
2: I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a bad slide back. It's like he's still playing good hockey. He's just not putting up five goals in every eight games. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think he's still been like – reasonable defensively and like still putting making really nice offensive plays. He's just not being a top five offensive defenseman in the league, which I wouldn't expect from him. That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Do I think he can sustain this level of play? Yes, I do hundred percent.
0: Okay. And I thought,
2: I still think he's playing really quite well, which is really good for the Red Wings. Especially when you have three defensemen that are playing really good hockey. Then... Yeah, my qu-
0: my quips my quips are mostly with the offense on this team. Defensively, mm-hmm. like I feel like the defensemen specifically, I feel like are honestly not the biggest okay. problem.
2: Out of the six regulars right now, who's the one that you find yourself picking at the most? Trot easily.
0: Yeah. Other than that, like in terms of expectation, I'm pretty happy with everyone else.
2: I'm very happy. The only one I other other like the only other player that I pick at once in a while is Osterley. But he's a to, he's number seven on any good team. Debatable. I think it's all circumstantial with him. Like, I think Detroit's really found a way to put him in the right spot this year. And I think he's been very successful. It's when he tries love, to do two, Me too. He's a, he's a fantastic skater and he's good at handling the puck. It's when he tries to do, make one extra play or he doesn't do the simple play. Like when he's playing straight up and down hockey, like, and just staying put and playing simple like he him and Mata have been so good at moving the puck in the ozone to each other Mm -hmm. and then you watch Mata fake like three shots until the lane opens up and shoot will fake one shot and then think the lane opens up and he'll shoot and then it'll be back the other way that's my gripe with Ostril but I think otherwise he's done a very good job this season and I think Detroit's put him in a really good spot to succeed which makes yeah. you think he could be a sixth defenseman.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm open. Like, if the Reddings were to, cut, like, sign him to a similar deal as they did, like, a one-year, like, one l- less than $1.5 like, sure, come on I'm, down. I'm all for it. Yeah, you yeah. need depth, man. And he's quality. Like, I mean, he he's coming in. He's doing okay. I completely agree with you. Do I view him as more of a seven guy? Sure. But, I mean, he could be a, he's a six in a pinch. Him,
2: I view him as a six and a seven. I don't think he's a six in a pinch. I okay. think he's six on a mid-tier team. All right, the Red Wings Fair are a mid to bottom tier team.
0: I do have to admit though, like Olmata, like I think he's—I I, honestly—he's my most like—he's the guarantee I think getting traded the deadline, just because he's on a one-year deal, he's got good—he's got good contract to move,
2: and he's played very well this
0: season. And he's played really well this year. Like I feel like that's a second-round pick written all over it.
1: Yeah, he's very very solid back there. Overlooked a lot too, like which bums me out because a-
0: I'd would love to keep him in a an ideal world and sign him back in July. Yeah, my only thing is, if you look future outlook of the Detroit's left side, I kind of, I kind of feel like that's he's being inched out.
2: Thanks, Benchrock.
0: Yeah, that's uh, definitely a stain on the good old Izer plan. That's for sure. Not his best work, and it only took forty eight <sighs> games to realize it. Again, that trade I think he, or that signing might age like milk. At least he's only making like I mean, it's it is almost five million. Uh, but like in the sense of like the cap going up and it only being three years, hopefully going up. Yeah, hopefully going up. It's thanks, Bally Sports. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit, we could talk about that a little bit too. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not good. Now that you bring uh, it up right now, I'm just gonna let's get into it. Like, yeah, Bally Sports files for bankruptcy, and uh, I'm worried. I, hopefully, like in terms of like everyone at Bally Sports Detroit, um, I hope they all like are able to land on their feet because I think they, I think they generally do a great job. In terms of coverage, I think they're like Red Wings fans are pretty spoiled. In terms of coverage, most of the Valley sports broadcasts are pretty like are pretty great. Yeah, to be honest, some of my uh,
2: favorite broadcasts. Yeah, the league are Valley like sports. Da- Like
0: off the top, I had Dallas as a good broadcast. Carol-
2: Carolina's great. Carolina's Colorado. great.
0: Colorado's not Colorado. Valley. They're uh, yeah. They're what's it called? Ball or altitude whatever. or whatever. Altitude, yeah. Uh, altitude, I'm altitude I'm too, yeah. um who Good job, Andy. Way to drop the ball. I think Columbus has a good Columbus. They were a last year, weren't they? No. No, they've always been altitude. Come on, Andy, get with it. Come on. Um no, it's it's a it's definitely a little scary in terms of I know Frege is breaking it down on 32 thoughts. Definitely concerning in terms of uh Minnesota. perspective. Minnesota's another really good one. Oh, good one, yes. No, they all do uh they all like they're all very talented. I know they'll all get picked up. Eventually, by something I know there's been talks about like streaming services for like teams and stuff, which would be a nightmare. Depending if like ESPN Plus doesn't, if ESPN Plus picks everything up, then I think it's okay. Um, also sign up for ESPN Plus, uh, in slash ESPN Plus. Um, but no, Bally Sports definitely concerning because that's uh, a in the how the revenue works for this league. That's one of the biggest uh, money makers for good old Gary. And Gary's gonna go to the owners and be like, "We have no money." And then Gary, Gary Batman. Yeah, Gary Batman. He, he's the hero to all of the, the slime. He's he's the opposite Batman. You know what I mean? Batman kind of protects the innocent, but Gary protects the the crummy owners. <laughs> well, definitely... Gary,
2: it's Gary Batman, not Batman.
0: Yeah, exactly. What I'm saying, he's the opposite Batman. But anyway, um, we're way off topic. But no, I, I'm thinking of everyone at Bali. I hopefully people land on their feet. I think there's a bunch of talented people that work there, in terms of the media side, not their uh, not their uh, business side, because uh, obviously they made some bad choices. But yeah, but yeah. Anyway, Ben Sheratt not great right now. Back to basically, there's a long way of saying Ben Sheratt not good,
1: <laughs> bankrupt. I <I've laughs> liked his
0: game. I've liked his game at some points, but like. A lot of times, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? In the defensive zone. I I don't think he knows what he's doing. He's runs around.
1: Yeah.
0: He's like, I'm yeah. gonna hit someone when the puck is he, he. The puck goes where he's supposed to be. He's
2: always good for a good flip the puck over the glass too.
0: Oh, he loves that's his favorite penalty, arguably more than cross checking, which is kind of a surprise. <laughs> <in me. laughs>
2: yeah, if if you'd have told me that he's gonna take more delay of games this year than cross-checking penalties I would have told you you're drunk
0: <laughs> he does kind of give like Mark Stahl vibes of like how insane he is in the offensive zone which I do appreciate
1: but like it's yeah not, it's not worth nearly
0: five million a year no he's,
1: he's... we could have kept Mark Stahl <laughs> I would
0: have just kept Mark Stahl for minimum league min, if I knew this was going to get
2: he's better than Mark Stahl in the offensive zone like he he can make stuff happen but I think Mark Saul would throw people off so much that he <laughs> almost make more happen. And that's the problem with this Well, contract. Mark Stahl, a-
0: agent of chaos. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> what game was it last year where he went, had like two breakaways? Like had partial breakaways. Mark Saul.
0: I don't remember. I remember – just... all I remember is his wraparound that went so bad that it ended up to Bertuzzi backdoor and they scored.
1: Yeah. And yeah. everyone's like, what a
0: pass, Mark. <laughs> but if you look closely, just slid off his stick. <laughs> he had a two-goal so two game in Edmonton. You remember that, Mark Stahl Oh yeah, maybe
1: that's what it And was then there's two clappers. Ken yeah. Holland offered
2: Iserman a first for him at the deadline, and Iserman said two firsts in Holloway. And Ken Holland hung <laughs> Ken on. All, Ken Holland
0: backed out. He he was yeah. mad though. He slammed the phone. He was he was close to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um no, so Bench rot has kind of just been the the negative there. And again, as people have kind of been flaming Eisenman on Twitter recently, which I don't know, whatever. That is one I do agree with. Like that's it doesn't look good so far, especially when you look at what you guys ha- what you have coming up, and a player like Ali Mata and like even Jake Wallman, for example, two guys who I would I would be pushing to be resigned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you kind of make it tough with the guy who's already locked up on the left side. Yeah, definitely makes it interesting because ar- um, arguably your best. Your biggest strength, of your prospect, not arguably the biggest strength of your prospect pool is your left easily side of defense easily with Edmondson, Wallander, goals. who are both guys are probably gonna, might probably gonna I mean Edvinson definitely will be a, probably be a top four guy. And Wallander's Johansson's, trending, trending to be a top four guy. Johansson's, Johansson's
2: trending to be an NHL defenseman. Yep, McKayzick has been playing like he still wants to be an NHL defenseman. Then you have Vero and Sobrango, and you have Booyam in college yet. Yeah, which. Who knows on those guys, but there's just and, so much depth there.
0: And then the right side, you all you really have is like maybe two Amisto. Yeah, that's basically, I wouldn't even count like. Anton Johansson. Yeah, him, love, don't know what you have there really yet. So yeah, then, yeah, a lot of question marks. And the other, I mean, but again, defense is definitely where the Red Wings have their most depth of guys who could play in the NHL. Finding a guy who's like better suited to bottom pair is not, not hard to find at all. I mean, Troy Stetcher <laughs> basically went for free this summer, and he rules. I love Troy Stetcher. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, other pieces that we, we kind of talked about Verana, Zadina is another name, super interested about. Super interested. Again, they were all pieces like we were talking. I, again, I talked about the trade at the beginning that I had the whole show planned around Bobo Horvat. And Those are all guys I could have seen like being in packages for Bo Horvath. But after like looking at that trade, the Islanders, obviously, the final being uh, Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratu in a a conditional twenty twenty three first, and the conditions on that trade not being favorable for the Islanders. Uh, I'm kind of glad the Red Wings did not match that, because that would have been a lot. That would have been a lot, a lot. That would have been a lot. What would would the equivalent
2: to Beauvillier... Ratu and a first B. So,
0: Verana. How much older is Verana? Bovilla is 25. Verana's 26. They're okay. basically, it's it, they're one draft year apart. It's basically okay, the same so thing. I guess. Verana,
2: Verana. Two guys are similar.
0: Um, a lesser Ratu, prospect,
2: probably, than Ratu. Ratu,
0: I would probably go somewhere like Ratu be kind of like in the Berggren camp of quality.
2: I'd probably go. I'd probably go Lesser than that, you think so? I th-
0: I think so. I think veron is quite a bit ahead of villier Okay, so a little bit lesser. You got guy like Soderblom. Yeah, maybe Soderblom. I think we'll just call it fill in. Yeah, Soderblom. Sure, and so, then yeah. and then the first, which is kind of like the same as the Red Wings have right now. Which a Team who's on the outside, it's top twelve protected. But then unprotected in twenty twenty four, which is no guarantee. Obviously, like if you're trading for him, you're expecting to make the playoffs next year. But there's no guarantees in that. I mean, look at the Florida Panthers right now. Yeah, who, who could be getting bit hard by Ben Sherrod. I'm so. not. I'm not comfortable
2: giving up Soderblomina first. Where the team's at right now.
0: No, I was personally pushing for Bo Horvat. I mean, I that's what was kind of the conversation going to be, simply for the fact that I think the Reddings need to be aggressive and try to make changes. Unless you're, you're you've deemed that this core is like, if you you're now building for the side of Raymond core, which I I think it should be the case, but then I'd argue, what's the sense of bringing back Larkin then, if that's the plan? Just leadership and a good player. I, I know think- he's a, he's a great player, but then he, you're never going to get to the point where you're in lottery contention. We're always going to be this middling team that's kind of flirting. Well, you contention. can still
2: prepare to be a good team with this core.
0: You can, but you it's be... just going to take longer. It's going to be harder to do. I know well, there's no you... guarantees in lottery. I'm but... saying
2: you can still
0: like prep a good team like in the next couple of years and then
2: have this be the core. Like You can be a good team, and then you get better as time progresses.
0: It's not just an instant snap of a finger and you're a great team. No, I know that. I know. It's just kind of like how I kind of view it in the sense of are we taking step back steps back or are we kind of just staying keel? Because I I think you should be progressively trying to take a step forward. And right now if you're signing Larkin and, and you're not making any other additional moves, again, I'm saying this hypothetically, then you're kind of just kicking the can again for another year of great, we're gonna pick 10th overall and not and not make the playoffs and not be playing meaningful games by February. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You're you're banking on a lot of development,
2: which I think that's a lot of the plan. I I do think they are gonna feel out moves, obviously with like some of these names like Bertuzzi, like Verana. Mm. Those are two of the bigger names I think that are gonna be felt. And yeah. if you think you can make a significant improvement to the team, and I, I still think this should be said too, like how comfortable does Larkin feel about staying when? A guy like Bertuzzi getting traded.
0: No, it's kind Hypo- of my point. Also, with Hypothetically. Horvath, the Horvat situation, you're kind of showing like, hey, listen. And and the Red Wings were very much reported to be in it. Rick yep. Dollywall was reporting on it. Again, even today, Friedman even said it again today on Dollywall's show. Um, I know someone floated it out there. There's an idea maybe like Eisman's, re- Eisman's like throwing his name out there simply for the fact to try to get Larkin in negotiations, saying like, hey, I can replace you. Even though I think Larkin's a superior player. But still like moot point, like I was thinking with two centers of similar caliber for the for the next eight years in theory, you're pretty well set. I mean, again, it still doesn't answer your it doesn't solve all your issues. definitely. doesn't even make you the best center core in the Atlantic with teams like Toronto and um I mean Tampa even still is probably a better center core than what those two would have brought. Am I missing another team?
2: Tampa, Boston, Toronto. Boston
0: currently. Um. Yeah, that's probably it. Right. So again, not. I'd I'd
2: argue even Florida if you count Lundell as a center.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, I know he's playing wings now, but I think he's I think think he's a center. But personally, but um, I'm trying things. So I don't know me. I was just thinking you're trying to make these steps forward. I know ideally like again with then with this package in mind too cuz I know the reported ask was three three players in the top prospect which in terms of prospects the Red Wings can match any competitive team's top prospect with like their their fifth or sixth guy. Right? Yeah, in in theory. So I was thinking like the price would, and a guy like Horonic who maybe is peaked and the, the Canucks wanting a right-handed defenseman. Throwing him in there, and a guy like Joe Valeno or something, or Philip know
2: My only concern with getting rid of Veronica is you're making another hole.
0: I agree. A giant hole. But again, hole. what's what's a what's a harder hole to fill then? A top six center or a, a second pair of defensemen.
2: Yes, but you don't have any right handed defensemen on the come up. You have a lot more possible centers than right handed defensemen. That's my only give on that. And that's why I don't feel comfortable trading Heronik unless you're getting something back on the right side of defense. You have nobody. Like, you have Casper coming up. He's a possible middle six center. You have Valeno, who's possibly going to become a middle six center. You have Rasmussen, who's going to possibly become a middle six center. I know he's playing a lot more wing right now. You have Cobb, who's supposed to be a middle six center, but who knows about that, too. Yeah, those are four guys right there. You have zero player. Do you want? I know Gustav Lindstrom is the next
0: best option on right hand <laughs> defense. He's the next best. He's the next best thing out there. Yeah, Nicholas. No, I, 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 I get it. And again, I'm not like. I don't want Philip Pernick gone. Like, if this is last year, I, I'm banging on the table, like I'm I'm ready to go. Me too. I'm all reared, I'm all reared up. I'm, I think Philip. I'm I'm more in the camp. But I think Philip Pernick can, can play as a second pair defenseman, and be good.
2: Me too. And he's young.
0: And I think the Reddings have kind of viewed this as like, okay, yeah, Philip Peronik. You got Most Cider. You got Edvinson. Hopefully Wallman. That's a pretty solid top four. To me, that. The idea of trading Horonic in a package for Horvat is a step
2: back. Okay. <clears throat> because I don't think you're gonna be able to find a right-handed defenseman without a pretty decent price tag.
0: Yeah.
2: And you have centers you're trying to build into that mold.
0: I guess it kinda goes back into my idea of what the Red Wings view themselves as next next year. And Horvat isn't that
2: player that you're He's not that elite, elite talent that's gonna. No, push I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not
0: saying. Again, I'm. I'm saying he's a Dylan Larkin type. A little bit less uh, than
2: Dylan Larkin. Uh, he's yeah, a little bit less than Dylan Larkin.
0: And I, I never, I never said he's a full answer. I'm saying he's, a, he's, he's a. He fills a need of a top six center. He's a top six center. We can agree on that. I don't think he's an eighty point guy. I think he's more of a sixty five point guy. Great. Same thing as Larkin. Larkin's maybe a seventy point guy.
2: And he's good defensively too.
0: Yeah. Great on face-offs, killer, probably arguably one of the best power play guys in the league.
2: Is bump? does he make you immediately better? Yes. Yes. Um, it just creates another hole if you're trading heroic. That's does. why I think like if you're the trajectory is a lot better if you're moving a guy like Burana and something else. And yeah. then possibly like a Valeno or uh a soda bomb in that sense, but I'm not sure if I'm still wanting to do that mm-hmm. because Definitely. of the age factor.
0: Yeah. Yep, I, I get it. And again, nah, I've i soured on it. Definitely. I was like pretty gung-ho about it, I'll fully admit, but I think this is the right move. Again, I, I'm just looking for the next year. If you're expecting Casper to be like a center right away, I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed. I think he needs to play a year in the wing if he's going to make the NHL next year. That's not a guarantee, but I know he's looked really good. I, especially I would if, say like, he's
2: probably going to start in the
0: minors next year, which is good. I mean, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm just saying I he's. I really, don't think they should rush him. I think just physically and like the way he skates and competes, I, I he's very appealing to any NHL coach. Stylistically, his game translates well. It's just the point of I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to be in their top six right away. Definitely. So. I know like, the, the Red Wings just lack elite talent, and the trick is right now of getting past that and trying to get some elite talent. I know this draft will help, and right now, I mean, the Red Wings are trending towards picking a little bit higher than what we were expecting, I think. But it, it right now, like it's just where the Red Wings are at. I, I think I titled the last episode Crossroads. Of where, which way you go, and it's still unclear at this point. And it's not really our job. Yeah. It's not our job, even though I did ask you guys to be Steve Eiserman.
1: I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, spend
1: but yeah, a few dollars.
0: Yeah, spend some fun coupons, maybe.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Verana again. That's such an interesting one. It's been pretty good or late. Zadina. It's getting
1: frustrating.
0: I'd like to know what's going on a little bit more. I wish. Yeah. I I do like the sense of the Red Wings like keeping pretty things close to the vest, but also like I don't know, immediate availability here and there. Get, like I know Eisman will have his immediate availability in a month when the after post trade deadline. And I'm sure he'll get grilled about everything. But I don't know, I'd be curious what what his thought process is or I know he'd give you give us a non-answer, but I'd be I'd be curious to still see what he says. Yeah. And I know Andy even kinda wondering what Phillips Adina is too, and I know he's his he got pushed back with his lower body injury, which has been pretty tongue in cheek of like what's going on. Not tongue in cheek, close to the vest. I don't know why I said tongue in cheek, of what actually like is ailing him, and he was supposed to play one of the games. They're hopeful he's going to play mo- against either Montreal or the Islanders, and they push back so he can rest more. I'm really curious to see what his game looks like, and if he's a guy. I mean, he only played nine games this year, so I mean, what's his value? Yeah. Oops. So I mean, it's tough. But I could see him. I mean, maybe being a guy as well that's moved is like a tra- change of scenery or something like that. I know we said that last year too, but maybe it's this year. Yeah,
1: yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, like I said, I like to see him get into games before the deadline. Ideally, yeah. if trading or keeping Verona, either way, get him back up to showcase him a bit. And maybe see if there if there is turmoil there. Maybe he mend some fences and keep them for another year. And then trade them next year, even. For, yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, I thought like a name that came it, to mind. I was just frustrating. Name that came to mind with Verona is Besser for me. A one for one.
1: Yeah.
0: I know the. I think yeah. the Red Wings would need to get a little more back because Besser has a bigger cap. But I don't know. Just a name. Yeah. Just a name that I thought of, and they—they're kind of similar situations of both are seemingly unhappy in their situations, and can right. score, but haven't really put it together this year. And similar ages,
1: right? It's just frustrating when you have a team that's lacking scoring, and that's could be an answer, and we've seen it to be an answer in times. And he's sitting Definitely. down in to Rapids. That's Definitely. that's just frustrating. I don't know. I'm happy for him. He's, yeah, scoring like he's scoring. He's playing well. Yeah. I mean,
0: Elmer so- Elmer Soderblom as well. a little two goal game action. Good to see. Yeah. Good to see. Um, I don't have I don't have too much else. I think that was the the big topic was the trade deadline, and as it kind of being a month out. Um, now now I'm all in on Timo Meyer. Let's go, bring him in. It
1: was it nice. New Jersey. New Jersey.
0: I think he's gonna end up in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. it'll crush me. It'll crush me because. They those fans have come insufferable this year. Wow. I hate it. You think so? I think a little bit. I'm annoyed. I'm a little bit annoyed by New Jersey fans, to be honest. They're not as bad as Rangers fans, but they're they're getting close for me. I think
2: Buffalo fans are really annoying too. Sorry, Carson. But not Carson though. Buffalo, yeah. Ottawa.
0: My oh, list. Yes. My list right now goes. Ooh, let's do the. I, I let's do this. Yeah. Let's. What let's... are we doing? Top fives or. Yeah, let's top five most annoying fan bases. Twitter fan bases, this again, obviously doesn't speak for a whole crowd, but
2: obviously the Rangers are number one. It's not even a question for me. Probably the Leafs are number two. They're just like so whiny and obnoxious. Um, number three would probably be Ottawa. Four probably Montreal. Yeah, You get Montreal high. Montreal's annoying.
0: Um, yeah. and five would probably be probably
1: Buffalo.
0: <sighs> Interesting, big yawn for me. Grant's list is boring. I guess I don't know. Andy, do you have a list or no?
1: Yeah, Rangers for Ooh. sure.
0: We're all going right Um
1: Yeah, Rangers number one. I say Montreal too. I just I don't know. My couple of buddies are Montreal fans and
0: you're the Canadian you got the Canadian
2: body. Actually, you know what? I'll I'll saw about New New Jersey for Buffalo the more I'm thinking about it.
0: Yeah That's
2: yeah. right. Yeah. I I um, I remembered some tweets in my head. Buffalo's not that not as bad as I'm thinking. I just hate that
0: There's a certain there's a certain guy who we don't like in Buffalo Twitter. I don't know who that is. There's a couple the one that nice... we started the we started the podcast with, like the the one we started the podcast on. Like oh,
2: N T. Rider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple them. other ones that I can't stand too that are a little bit delusional, but mm-hmm. um, they're way better than New Jersey fans.
0: <laughs> who else, Andy? Uh,
1: you know, Montreal uh, too. Then, yeah, Montreal too. Then Toronto. Um... <laughs> Friggin' did you guys see Jeff O'Neill's intro to their show over on what's it called? Overdrive mm-hmm. last week? When I Matthews not... Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah he's like, We're gonna be for winning, we're gonna win the cup this year. Or if they lose without Austin Matthews, we have nothing without him and we need him or something like that. It was like he's like no <laughs> two, matter two what extremes. these streams. Yeah, he's like, No matter what, these next three weeks are gonna be a living hell if you're not a Leafs fan.
0: <laughs> Unreal.
1: Um but yeah, like Probably, I don't know. Ottawa doesn't really bother me much. Like, I don't really pay attention to them, so out of sight, I do mind, I guess. Right. Um, I don't know. It used to be Vancouver, because I never liked what they did after they lost the Cup, but what they've done with Bruce lately. I think oh. Vancouver the fifth generation.
2: Oh, never mind. No more New Jersey. New Jersey's sixth. The Bruins are
0: fifth. Ooh, interesting! The Bruins are so the Bruins fans are really annoying. As we're as we're kind of run by a website with all Bruins fans, so yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm kidding. Who cares? <laughs> they don't care. Um, uh, they don't care. Obnoxious. I
1: don't know. I always I think Islanders too <laughs> though. Islanders are annoying.
0: I think the Islanders the fans this year are pretty like I think they kind of know what they're doing. Like besides like now the I trade, they think they're kind of all in. No offense, around Fugue. I love you, buddy. Um, I, I love. But, I like the
2: Islanders. I embrace the Islanders culture. That's kind
0: of where I'm at too. That's kind I'm of I feel. About, I, how I feel about Vancouver fans as well. Like they're like so miserable and, and like know. they hate their te- they hate their team <laughs> or hate the management. They love their team. They hate the management, which as they should. Yeah. Okay. My list. The official list. One definitely the Rangers. Easy. I'm going Devils at two. They've this year. They've really. They've plumped. They've oh. the power rankings. They've. Along with their their standings ranking, they've gone up there. Yeah, they're three. Of... I'm going Sens, Sens the... Army, baby. Sickos, the sickos are driving me sick, if you know what I'm saying. they the Markma thought stuff of like he's like how he his attacks like Leafs stuff every time. I'm like, dude, you couldn't be little brother more. It's kind of annoying. Um, I go Leafs at four after I just said that. I, I do, do think it. they're delusional, but I think it's, I think they're inflated but just by how many fans they have so i think like per capita they're not as much but just because they have such a big fan base it's it's inflated on twitter because just more people are on twitter you know what i mean yeah there are more bad takes because there are more fans five who am i gonna go five boston no i don't have a huge problem with boston fans to be honest maybe because i live in the area um I don't have a huge problem with Boston fans on Twitter, to be honest.
1: 10, ten year olds flip me off on the. Subway. They do
0: Boston fans. I do. I will give you. They do not know how to value their prospects. When Fabian Lysell is thrown around as a top prospect, I'm a little bit concerned. He's not. He would literally rank like somewhere like in the seven range in Detroit's prospect pool, maybe even eight. Um, I can't think of a, like a fifth team, to be honest. Who am I missing? Who else did you guys list? Who would you list? have above the cell that high? Holy man! I don't know. Maybe I'm over exaggerating.
2: I think you're a little bit over exaggerating.
0: Just let me let me have my point, okay? We can talk Check about this them
1: after. Out.
0: yeah. We can talk about this after. Should I still, like a random team? It's like Arizona or something. I'm kidding. Um, what what man. fans? Well, who, who can you guys run your list again? Oh, I feel like I'm missing someone.
2: Toronto, Ottawa, or mine went Rangers. Toronto. I'm switching it. Boston, Ottawa, and who is the other one?
0: Oh, uh, Canadians. Ah, oh, Habs. That's what that's the one I was missing. I'm not throwing them in there, but I I kind of get it. Um, Florida has no fans, so therefore they're kind of irrelevant in this situation. I, l- I like
2: Phillies fans too. They're oh, musicals. Edmonton.
0: Edmonton will go five. I like Edmonton.
2: Edmonton's fans.
0: Oh, they drive me nuts too.
2: I just love how they whine about Ken Holland. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> that is that
0: is funny. It's reminiscent <laughs> yeah. brings me back to the good old days. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> I don't hate it, Edmonton fans because of that reason. I feel for them. <laughs> me too. I'm happy. I'm happy it's elsewhere, but I feel for them. I I'm like really here.
2: Take, I'm like here. Take holy for two firsts, but I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> In the process, I apologize. Um, maybe, man, maybe you're talking me off of this ledge. <laughs> maybe I'm not maybe I'm not Edmonton. Boston at five. I'm not I'm not Boston. I'm not Boston.
1: Calgary fans, they're freaking psycho too.
0: Calgary fans are psycho. It's a battle of Alberta for the fifth spot, and I think actually Calgary's <laughs> gone in. Calgary's won the battle of Alberta. <laughs> Calgary finally wins the battle of Alberta.
1: By by stipulation. Yeah.
0: Yes. Good stuff. Is that
1: the I was looking for? Yeah. yeah.
0: Good stuff. Um Man, that was a fun. I I didn't expect that to be a topic, but that was a little fun. You know it. what? I, Looking I back at that, him,
1: I love Ken Holland. Okay. I love what he's done. The, he
0: creates understand. nothing but good content for the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but true. good stuff. Like you can, you can, and he's, he has, he's been right about one thing and how long rebuilds actually take. A good <laughs> rebuild. He said rebuilds take eight years. And that's why he never wanted to do one. Granted, the Red yeah. Wings should have done one a lot earlier, but he's right. It's been it's been a long time,
1: and he loves so to I, sign.
0: He loves to sign questionable contracts.
1: Give that man no salary cap; he'll have a cup. <laughs> he can spend money.
0: Oh, he can! Him and Chuck Fletcher should have a contest to see who can who can light more money oh. on fire. It would be close. It would be close. Chuck Fletcher yeah, just signed has, Rasmus line to eternity.
1: Yeah, he's he's made some ground up, but on kenny but kenny has got along.
0: yeah kenny's long still list. the goat he's still yeah. the goat that's for sure man chuck Yeah, chuck fletcher is the whole reason why we had a lockout in 2013 though so let's not let's not forget about <laughs> that he does get some leeway there but if chuck fletcher didn't exist the lockout would have happened because of ken holland because yeah. he want he was going to sign ryan Souter to that massive deal let's not forget yeah. that thank you kenny for not getting that done <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. thank you chuck fletcher yeah, we're not getting that done. Um, <laughs> what an end. Um, that's about all I got for this episode. Unless you guys have any other fun topics you want to throw out, um, I just went on Twitter and I saw
2: that David Pagnola tweeted, Well, I was told sooner than later. LOL, shut up, Dave, about the the trade, but that was <laughs> kind of funny.
0: Yeah, insider. He was, I don't know, I don't know what he's doing. Working his, work his actual, working his actual day job because there's no way he's an insider for his full time job.
1: We have 23 minutes until we meet. 23 minutes until we meet. 8:45 p.m. Every Monday night. Mega management. Oh, oh, gotcha. Oh, you and Dave. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are
0: you talking about? Us. <laughs> oh. I think we're gonna end it there. So Andy's not late for his his meeting. Um, thank you everyone for tuning into what was a chaotic episode of the production line podcast um please check us out on twitter at tpl pod uh follow us on apple podcasts subscribe leave a rating uh make sure you check out inside the rink a lot of good stuff our merch is up there Uh, a lot of content coming out i'm back on the writing train a little bit so be on lookout for my next article and yeah thank you (laughs)